most people think. Hello and welcome to What Most People Think, episode 29, Dear Four of Acilation. Jeff has been given an anonymous tip-off for some cowball by a bloke down by the... Oh, what is it? I forgot the word. In those old crime things, where, where did you get the tip-off from, like Huggy Bear? Down by the port. Jeff has had a tip-off for some dodgy cowball down by the port. He got elbowed in Tesco's for the last tin of tomatoes. And oh, mate, we're only a few days into this and it already feels like, uh, well, it feels like quite a long time. But uh, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? I Look, you people who've been listening to this podcast a while would, would have known already that it was going to take a pandemic for me to do any more than one every two weeks. But I, I am going to up that ratio to one every week, maybe two a week. But, you know, this is going to be going on for a while. I'm not going to have... New jokes every week about this. There'll come a point where we're just going to have to buckle in. But um, we have got a lot of letters this week, and I think the letters will be a good thing, particularly for people who are isolated and stuff, uh, to stay in. Like, I'm doing any sort of public service thing there. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this for for, for, for Britain. <laughs> I'm doing this, right? I'm, I'm the comic that can be honest to you, Britain, right? I'm doing this because I can up the numbers, right? I enjoy doing it, and I can maybe get a bit of advertising revenue. Is that is that so wrong to admit that? Uh, I'm the comic that can say that. So if you've listened to it for a while, you'll know that um, up till this point, the podcast has very much been about coming from the, you know, the non-woke end of comedy. It's been about culture wars, free speech, Brexit and stuff like that. And obviously, well, you know, while I'm still exercised by these things, I think that it doesn't feel as important at the moment. So for now, you know, the podcast, what most people think lockdown edition everything sounds better when you throw in the word lockdown is um is it's now going to be on like a, a a wartime footing you know and my job is that you know you'll see a lot of criticism of the government a lot of scrutiny fair enough but my job is to try and keep that old you know keep calm carry on not necessarily presume that everything the government are doing is because they're like moustache twiddling baddies who want to operate like some sort of national death cult um, so that'll be the focus for now until this thing is 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 done. Will it ever be done? Yeah, it will. It will. It just will, you know. But that's not to say that people won't suffer in the meantime. But God damn it, this is this is Britain, all right. We we develop immunities faster than other. We don't. But I like to think things like this. Um, just a quick recap from last week before we get on. And most of the uh, most of the episode this week will be about. Obviously, everything that's happened in the last week, and like I say, there's been a lot of great letters as well, so there'll be quite a lot of letters this week. I did actually manage to do some tour shows last week in Epsom, Verwood, and Peterborough, and uh, everyone, it was weird, because the turnout ratio, again, was pretty good, but then then everyone seemed to sort of regret coming out. Epsom is closer to London, so there was slightly more of a drop-off there. Um, Verwood is in the middle of the New Forest, so these guys just think that they're kind of like isolated, do you know what I mean? Like completely quarantined anyway. When when I went to do an elbow handshake, I swear to God, they looked at me like I'd landed like from an alien spaceship and was just doing some weird kind of Dr. Spock style fucking greeting. Oh, by the way, there's your first swear of the week. So um, if you want to update, my man David Domain has, uh, said that the swear count for last week, because again, if you're listening for the first time, uh, there were a few people moaning, oh, you swear too much. And I, to be honest, even, even my wife was saying, like, you know, she and she swears a fair bit. She was saying it's a bit much. So I'm, try, I'm not trying to stop swearing, but I'm just trying to moderate it a bit. I want to do it for impact. And last week, there was a surprise showing for Dick Cock, Knob and Piss. 
Um, milder end of the swear words. Uh, there was two fucks, one prick, and a shit. So um, all in all, probably more than the week before, but we had a few in from the milder uh, end of things. But yeah, just going back to the tour shows last week. Uh, yeah, Verwood, they just they just couldn't believe more. They just looked at me like, like I was weak for even doing this. Oh right, yeah, yeah, the, the propaganda's got to him as well. Uh, and then I was in Peterborough, and I must admit, by Saturday, people were starting to get a bit edgy, and there was a lot of, in the first 10 minutes of the show in Peterborough, um, I did get a sense a lot of people were thinking, was this like a, was this a terrible decision to come out? And uh, by the end, they were thinking that, but that was mainly because of um, how unfunny I was. Uh, no, I, why are you being self-deprecating before? I, I crossed it, I always do. And... Um, and yeah, I will be looking at everything, you know, and over that's happened and keeping track of this from a political and social dimension. But in the intro this week, I'd just like to talk about the shopping before we get onto the political stuff. I mean, where, where did this obsession with, uh, you know, rice, pasta and chicken come from? Is it, it's a whole of Britain like just going into training to be for a world title fight. I don't, I don't, I didn't get this memo. Is there some like national WhatsApp group? Where everyone's saying, right, this is the stuff you need today. You need bog roll. I've I got to say, when it comes to bog roll, right, I, there are a million things. That is way down on the list. How I wipe my ass is not that high on the list of priorities in a pandemic. All right? Look, God gave you a hand. He gave us running water. Just saying. All right? <laughs> you know what to do. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's so weird. How, like when you go in the supermarkets, obviously people are sharing all the images of, uh, of cleared shelves. Because obviously that's very helpful, isn't it? Because they're, they're being panicked about panic buying is also a form of panic and sharing that. And if you go around the other shelf, if you if you want some chocolate biscuits, you're laughing. It's loads of them. McVitie's home wheat, you know, muffins, biscuit. This is the point about lockdown that you got to understand is, is if we do have our civil liberties curbed on an ongoing basis, um, it's going to be really boring. And if you, you're going to be really boring. You're going to be sitting there eating your fucking um, Arsene Wenger diet, aren't you? From like the late 90s with your grilled chicken and your pasta. I'm going to be, I'm going to be eating after eights. I'm going to work out how many after eights it takes to get your daily calorific um, allowance. And I'm just going to do it all through after eights. And you, you do realise, you do realise in these troubled times, in these dark times, um... I mean, they are dark times. I just, I don't know about you, I have a problem with anybody being dramatic. I, I just, I had a look at Mum's Net the other day, just for a laugh, and what a fucking sewer that is, man. Just, 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 just women fanning each other's anxieties and just, I look, when it comes to conspiracy theories, here's a little guide, right? So a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is from my friend who's a consultant, professor of Italian virology or whatever. They often contain little phrases in them that show you that they are, uh, fake news, right? One of them is a lot of these things say include very conversational elements that um, that really high-ranking sort of academics wouldn't probably do. Like, uh, like, well, I guess that settles it then. Who? How many PhD papers have you seen that conclude with the phrase "I guess that settles it then"? The problem is right. The problem is, listeners, is that there is. Do you remember when you was a kid? There was that there that other kid at school that just liked to shit people up for no reason. Yeah, those people exist now, but they've become adults and this is boom time for them. Their economy of, of, of spreading their own paranoia and the sadness that's within them, they can bring everyone down to their level. But just, just look, if, look, if it sounds like, if it sounds so dystopian, there's probably a chance that at the very least they've added a little bit of VAT to it, haven't they? Put a little bit 20% on top of whatever they've read. 
And yeah, like, I mean, it's been funny around my way. I don't know about you, but like, see, you, it's been an interesting way of seeing um, of what supermarket priorities are. Because around uh, in right my, my way, if you want semi skim milk, well, you know, you're not going to get you. If you want almond milk, knock yourself out. You could have all the almond lactose free <laughs> fucking tofu milk that you want. Because people only want they don't want the luxuries, right? They only want the rice and the pasta and the po- it's like a it's like a reverse bush tucker trial, isn't it? It's like it's like they're going in and doing these um, these challenges, but actually they don't want the meat. They're just going oh, so and and there could be they're going oh, so you're playing now for the rice, and they're all going please please give us the rice, and then they're going oh so sorry tonight you're going to be surviving on basic rations of uh, biscuits and Doritos, and I'm going I just can't I just I I just have no experience of living like this, and spare a thought for ibuprofen and. Um, I mean, ibuprofen, it used to think it was the absolute daddy of mild pain relief, didn't it? You know, especially once you hit middle age. I mean, ibuprofen could more or less sponsor middle age. You just need it, you know, most days. But now it's just looking on, isn't it? Just looking on while paracetamol's like flying off the shelf. It's like, sorry, did I miss something here? I'm fucking ibuprofen, mate. I'm a pretty big deal. I mean, like, it's like Coke. It's like Coke and Pepsi suddenly changed, right? Like, everybody, people only want paracetamol, right? Because obviously it's the thing that brings a fever down, you know, and, and then there was another one of these reports that, uh, that maybe neurofen exacerbates the symptoms, but, you know, this isn't established science, and as I said in the last podcast, I'm going to go with established science for now, I might be proved wrong in the long term, but you've got to kind of set a gold standard, right, I don't know if the gold standard should be this tweet what I saw, you know, um, but yeah, ibuprofen, ibuprofen is, is not moving off the shelves is it there's some things that just aren't getting replaced and some some products that are just sitting there gutted going jesus christ are we, are we like the runts of shopping i used to think i used to be a player do you know what i mean my name is nutella mate i am kids love me where where is this all it took for me to become like a second rate bit part player on the shelves and if you have been out shopping as well you've been doing that thing of um, looking in other people's baskets and well, no one's got baskets. Everyone's got a trolley, two trolleys even. I saw this old couple out earlier. <laughs> old people are going to be a problem. Now, this is not safe. You're an old person listening to this. Uh, I get it, man. I get it that you're stuck at home and you're isolated and stuff. But on the first day, following the advice, the old people should, you know, probably stay indoors a little bit more. Definitely do the social distancing. They were out, weren't they? They were out in force, like it was some sort of. Um, like some sort of bank holiday for in, in honour of pensioners. I mean, we just got to realise that they, they were serious. When they said they love tea and cake, they weren't pissing about. They really love tea and cake. This is something we've got to factor in. You know what I mean? Maybe we need to have <laughs> these cafes that open up that with social... Di- my, my local Costa, they've had to take all the chairs out because the old people just wouldn't... St- <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, with the old people? Because there's a sort of grudging admiration for it. And then you're also thinking, this isn't, this isn't helping, Grandma. But oh, I lived through the blitz. You're like, yeah, you were you were six. You were six then. You didn't live through the blitz. You were barely conscious of something you couldn't control or understand was happening around you. It's not the same. But I've been uh, I've been looking in uh, other people's uh, baskets, just going, oh, oh really? Two two paracetamols is that? Yeah, because I've got this hunch, right? I've got this hunch, and I'm just completely unscientific. But that has never stopped me. Is that a lot of people that are buying stuff are the same people every day. Every day, they're just going in and they've got obsessed with getting paracetamols, pasta. I mean, eventually, they're just going to run out of cupboard space or money or freezer space, right? So this will 
tail off, I think. But I think now they've just they can't feel relaxed until they've got another bottle of cowpole, even though like their kid is probably twenty, right? <laughs> they go, I've got some more cowpole, good dear, well done, yes, because if this if this virus mutates, we'll we're just sitting there in their bunkers already. Look, the the bunker moment with this thing is good is gonna come. The bunker moment will come, but don't don't climb in the the kind of paranoid bunker just yet, because we're gonna have to spend quite a while there. For now, look, I, I might be proved wrong in time for this. Do you know what I mean? In next week's episode of this, it might be I might be recording this in some sort of Mad Max dystopia. But I just think, you know. But anyway, we're gonna talk about the politics in a minute. So let's save this bit for then. Okay, so let's talk about what's been happening uh, politically. Politically, obviously, you know, Boris and his team are leading the way with their response. And I'm just going to say, this is another one of my radical takes here, and you'll have to just deal with it. Is I, I don't think that Boris is deliberately trying to cull pensioners slash end nightlife slash make people's lives worse. I, I, don't, I don't think that. I don't think that he was using this, like he'd been waiting for an opportunity to... Uh, to kill off live comedy and he thought hey guys he's sitting there right with the cobra meeting and his cabinet team and just thought this is our chance those fucking lefty comedians they never liked us right let's fuck them hard let's fuck them hard i, d- I don't think that's what's happening it's not saying that they won't do things wrong right it's just that i, I just i don't know i just think it is helpful to just have a sober take on this is that maybe they're just fallible and trying to come up with policy on the fly, which is not easy, because it's like it's not it's, it's not like riffing out like a three minute guitar solo. They, you know they're they're at the coalface of a pandemic. I mean, for most of us, for now, right? We just spend a bit more time at home, you know, just managing to sort of squeeze forty minutes of working and around, pissing about. Frankly, just pissing about, but. It's a difficult thing to get right. You know, they talk about shutting the schools and there's a lot of pressure to do that, right? And then immediately they shut the schools. People go, what about exams? You go, well, maybe that's one of the reasons that they were reticent to um, to shut the schools. And then, you know, predicted grades as well. Bad news. Bad news if uh, if you're one of those students that was like me. I, you know, when I was coming up on my GCSEs, uh, I, I thought I'm a big game player. Do you know what I mean? I'm a big game player. I will come off the hour, come off the man. <laughs> I had shitty coursework. I just thought, you know what, I will step up when I need to step up. And those those lads, I would predict if they do it on um, predicted grades, the, the, the differential between girls and boys will get even worse. Because boys are naturally just think that they're somehow going to pull through. You know, they've got this hero delusion. And uh, that's going to that's gonna be tricky. But how, how do you solve this? It's like, you know, do Liverpool become champions? Do the SWATs get their A-stars automatically or do the sort of Champions League places and the relegation places get a lifeline, right? It's all, it's all fucking complicated, isn't it? And there is a risk, I think, uh, for the left, right, is if they pin all of this on Boris, right? So every time it goes, seems to have gone wrong or right, you know, like when Boris seems to have got it right with the economy uh, or got it wrong in terms of delaying or being ambiguous about shutting restaurants and theatres, etc., is that people sort of dive in, right? But I think that the public will uh, assess all of this in the long run, right? You can't do anything else in that other than in the medium to long term. And brutally though it is, it'll be how many people died, right? And what was the experience of people in the hospital when they were ill? Uh, it will then be uh, about, you know, when, when the virus came back, how hard did it come back? And then, of course, the economy. How does the economy emerge from this? And it will all be done 
in comparison to other European nations or, or similar nations. And you know what? If, if, if we are seen to have done comparatively okay, and not if you listen to Piers Morgan, right? Piers Morgan, he would have been in lockdown back in mid-November. But um, if we're seen to have done comparatively, you know, because they're talking about 20,000 deaths, I mean, that's a lot of people. But by all accounts, that would seem to be a, 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 the lower end of what could happen. Then, then also the success will get pinned on Boris, you know. And then you've got, then you've got the geezer that, that did Brexit will be swanning around going, well, I also did the uh, virus. I'm just, I'm the bloke that does stuff. And I must say, I mean, I'm talking about the left. I'm talking about certain people online, probably, because for the time being, the um, politics from across the house has kind of come together quite impressively. I think, and you know, there's sort of been a kind of government and national unity. And, and I saw PMQs the other day. And um, that is what that could not be more different. Like, do you remember like last year when they were literally stoking up the whole country? Like, you know, when you deliberately wind your dog up just because it's entertaining. That was what PMQs was, was the whole country. You know what I mean? It was, I mean, it's gone like from being like the East Enders to Archers, to the Archers. It's gone. Just, see, did you hear that? My fucking dog, man. Like I mentioned, I mentioned like dogs and riling them up. And she starts pissing about. Anyway, new listeners, I have a, a cockapoo that um, basically tries tries to thwart my podcast, but she's not going to do it, man. She, if, she, if the virus ain't bringing me down, I'm not getting brought down by a, a cockapoo, a small to medium-sized toy dog. Uh, I love her, really, but she is a prick. Um, and Rishi Sunak now spoke about Rishi's budget. I mean, which seems ages ago. There were already a lot of, if anything, right? Maybe they committed a bit too much in that budget too soon because there wasn't as much public scrutiny. Maybe they should have held back a little bit. Um, but, but you know, they've com- committed a further 330 billion of money, you know. Because, look, at the end of the day, if socialism's going to happen, it's probably going to take a Tory to do it. I'm sorry, lefties. You guys, you talk socialism, but, look, let the adults... <laughs> let the adults have a go, eh? <clears throat> and, and he seems so calm. He seems so calm. I mean, I just wonder... How, how many beta blockers is this guy on? I, I don't think it is normal that he can just step up there as a young man and just go, yeah, I'm 39, Chancellor during a pandemic, this is what we're doing, deal with it. I mean, he like he is going out. I can't even think of an analogy in stand-up um, as to how chaotic and tumultuous the environment he's stepping into is. I think there was a gig I did in Leeds once at Christmas and... <laughs> It was like, uh, oh, it's awful, really. There was some scaffolders that one of them had uh, touched up one of the female staff. We were, as comics, we were refusing to go on until they were chucked out. And then they couldn't chuck them out because they were owed two grand. So then, like, we, we still refused to go on. The show was getting late. Then there was a massive punch up uh, in the venue. This was this is in Leeds, just in case I haven't mentioned it. But did you need telling? It was in Leeds. All right, let's have punch up on floor. I think the scaffolders were from Wakefield. Again, not saying anything about Wakefield, but anyone from the area, you're kind of that gives you a grasp of um, <laughs> of like uh, what we were up against that night. And it and then the point where there was a meat wagon turned up, those coppers came into the venue, and there was I just remember there was like fighting, coppers were fighting punters and rolling around on the floor with them. It was it was a um... <laughs> so yeah, Rishi Sunak is is basically facing my leads. This is his leads, but I think I might have said this last week is that. Look, these are the people in charge, and obviously you've got to scrutinise them. Yeah, of course you are, they're the government. But, like, it, this is really tricky. This is really tricky, and it might be worth just standing back and waiting, like, help for renters. 
you know, they might miss something out one day and get it right the next day. This is not something any of us, get this, any of us have ever faced in our life, right? When the Second World War came around, there was a lot of people that knew what happened in the first one, right? There is no one, more or less no one alive today that lived through the Spanish flu uh, epidemic, okay? So, look, <laughs> once again, I find myself in the odd position of uh, sticking up for the establishment, but, you know, give those guys a chance. update on tour related stuff obviously i'm not pushing my tour sales for now <laughs> i mean i could do hey uh why don't you go ahead i i would love to, i haven't even checked whether people are still buying tickets but um i have had to reschedule uh shows up until the 31st of march so hopefully today is the thursday the whatnot of the whatnot what is it it is the 19th of march so i'm hoping on twitter and on social media to get out replacement dates for some of them now as for the dates in april obviously it seems like there's quite a, a strong likelihood that um that those might get uh transferred but nothing's definite yet um so those are staying in for now but we are working on provisional um provisional cover dates for that and i know this is obviously the biggest issue that britain face actually in one of boris's daily briefings he actually actually gonna go well now we've concluded the public health advice we'd just like to give you an update on Jeff Norcott's Taking Liberties tour. What most people think. So let's look at the social impact for now of uh, of this isolation that many of us have already started. And let's talk about the real issue at heart here is what will men talk about without sport? I know it's worrying, isn't it? They're gonna they're gonna have to start opening up to each other about their lives, their actual lives stuff that because it's the thing about blokes right i've got loads of mates that i love to bits i'm not sure we're, we're fully up on each other's business uh all the time sorry that's me shutting my thermos flask there just in case you think i've got so mid-laid so that's the creaking noise I, I now make routinely um but yeah we just don't you don't know do you i mean like i think you know your mates the, the name of your mate's first two kids right you're like hey it's a uh, little davy there hey little chloe and then the third one you're like well, how's the nipper doing yeah <laughs> How's the, how's the little fella? How's he going? How, you're just trying to think of all the little euphemism in terms of endearments to cover the fact that your brain is so full of stupid, useless bollocks about sport that you just haven't got, you, have, you know, often names of people is the first thing to go once you max out your capacity. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting for blokes. And, and some of this is coming from a men's mental health angle because obviously, look, this is obviously tricky for women and mothers and having to stay at home. But like, for more men in the country, their job will involve being out of the house for longer, just statistically speaking, traveling further to do it. And then suddenly they're going to find themselves at home. And that could be tricky because they're going to have to sort of admit, especially the workaholic blokes, that they love working because they're always probably like every time they get a last minute call for work, they're like shrugging their shoulders as they go out the door going, babe, I'm so sorry. I just I'm so gutted. But then, you know, fast forward three hours, they're in a Premier Inn or a motorway hotel looking so happy just lying on the bed eating Pringles. <laughs> and maybe that's valuable to their mental health. Right now, I'm lucky. I've got a wife and son whose company I hugely enjoy. I think it's going to be a bad time. Your relationship's up the shitter. Jesus Christ. This is going to be tricky, isn't it? And, and there's no excuses now to not do certain things like DIY. If, you're, if you've been putting off DIY jobs... You're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to be creative to get around this one. I think that maybe what you could do is like you could take photos of those empty shelves and then just tell tell your partner, right, that they are from B and Q. 
just say, look at that, babe. All the emotion, all the gloss, all the wood, gone. People, there's been a real run on DIY. <laughs> it's it's the pasta of uh, home improvements. And, or, or maybe maybe tell her, like, that you really want to do the DIY, but you actually want to support the local gig economy. So just go, no, I'd, I think more than ever we need to get tradesmen in to do this. But dress like those guys that invade the house in E.T. And, you know, it's time to maybe admit to yourself you know you always thought oh I just love a bit of time off I just like some time where <laughs> to learn a new skill maybe play the violin or you know the piano or read Tolstoy you're not all right you're gonna you're gonna complete Netflix that will be that's my goal I want to complete every minute of content on Netflix and I think that that will have a social and monetary value in and of itself won't it the guy who completed Netflix, I'll be the oracle. No one will know more about Netflix than me. I can give recommendations. I'll set up some wanky YouTube channel, Jeffflix, yeah? They go, hi, wait, those YouTubers, why do they all speak the same? Like, hi, it's your boy, Jeff Norcott. Welcome to my YouTube channel. They always have to make sure every bit of intonation sounds different from the last. What, what People don't speak like that. What, it's, it's out of control. Like, I think that... TV presenters used to speak like that, and now like people just speak like that as a rule. Even like with your mates, you speak to them in public. They're like, "Hi, how are you doing?" Like, what, what, what? This is not a normal way to communicate with people. So yeah, I maybe I'll start a new YouTube Jeffflix expertise. And look, the monotony is going to get to us. I think I do get the sense that a lot of people that impatiently wanted to follow Italy. We'll be also be the first ones running out of their house when we're on full lockdown, just trying to lick people's faces. They're just just to break the the tedium of having to spend such a prolonged period of time with family. But yeah, I mean, just like be being together like this, better you better like your family. You would better you better like them because you know I I put it this way I don't want to be dark about this. I think Childline could be getting a lot of phone calls. <laughs> they could, do you know what I mean? Just I think it'd be teenagers mainly. Because kids and stuff will just, they'll probably be a bit needy and they'll get a bit clingy and they'll just want to do puzzles, right? But teenagers would just be awful to have around the house. You'd just be going down the road and you'd just be seeing, getting, seeing teenagers getting flung out of houses. Like, you know you know Jazzy Jeff in The Fresh Prince? <laughs> you'd just be, ah! Another teenager gets chucked out of the window because he's just moaning. Oh my God, oh my God, it's so boring. I'm not going to die of this. Why should I be in lockdown? Oh my God. Yeah, I want to go and see Grandad. <laughs> uh, maybe that's not a good idea for now. So look, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the social stuff and the mental health stuff. And obviously, if you do have anything you want me to discuss in next week's issue on that level, if you just want to reach out, uh, it's whatmostpeoplethinkuk at gmail.com. And uh, speaking of letters, that's what we're going to do next. Okay, we've got quite a few letters here, so I'm going to rattle through them. Obviously, you know, this could be a useful tool of communication in isolating, which obviously everybody's doing, you know, when the government <laughs> when the government said it. Everyone's like, yeah, that is brilliant advice for anybody who's not me. Um, but we've got some letters here. Uh, Graham, essentially, I've, I've sort of, sort of uh, done a summary of what he's saying here, is that obviously a lot of comedians have done quite well out of comedy, very wealthy, a lot of club comedians are going to struggle. Will the rich comedians donate to the poor ones? Well, first up, fortunately, well, unfortunately, I'm not in this category of rich comedian. I have done, I've had a couple, good couple of years. I'd, I'd be up for it. Do you know what I mean? But then I sort of, how do you do it? How do you, how do you means test what situation people are in? You know, someone might be a club comic married to a 
paediatrician, right? I, I, I don't know, but I'm certainly up for doing something. I mean, the, the old thing that we would do, we'd put on a benefit gig, but there's no point in that. <laughs> There'll probably be some benefit gig live on fucking Twitch or whatever it is. Uh, and they'll go, it'll be just like the real thing. And it, it just won't. It'll be like a bad Skype conference call. Um, but yeah, I mean, comedy is an interesting industry in that respect where you can become rich through deconstructing capitalism, right? You know, I mean, so without, without capitalism, Stuart Lee we would have way less to talk about, doesn't it? Whereas weirdly, a lot of them sort of depend on the system of disposable income that you can spend on frivolous things like live comedy. So look, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've seen no specific moves by my industry yet. But, you know, you know, you try setting up a union in stand-up, the most, most left-wing people in the world, but we've tried several times and it just doesn't work. Okay, next letter is from... Um, this is just from Philip. Uh, he says, don't get hung up on the swearing, Jeff. It's you. It's you. It's who you are. I know what you mean, Phil. Look, I... In a way, it was kind of like to prove a point because there was a few people digging me out for the swearing. And I kind of knew that that probably would be the minority. Although, like I say, I must say, it certainly got my attention when my missus um, kicked off about it. It didn't kick off, but she just said, look, I had to turn it off because Little was in the car. And um, sort of weird thing where I'm speaking to my wife and son via a podcast. You know, that's like, that's like you know, one of those, those Hollywood family films about the dad that doesn't see his kid enough. That'd be the sad moment, like where the mum, like, you know, like in Liar Liar, she'd be going, yeah, I, he listens to your old podcast to feel near you now. And the guy would like go have a crushing realization. Then he just, because it's an American Hollywood film, he'd just make a podcast that's only for his son, and he'd feel like the most special boy in the world. I got emotional there. But look, the point about swearing is most people don't mind it, right? And give you an example, I did a cruise ship back in the day, uh, the late noughties, right? Is that a decade? Was yeah, the late noughties, uh, and it was mainly old people on board. And because like after the first show, three people complained about the swearing. They said you got to work clean. That's the old the old phrase. Right? You got to work clean. So. The numbers went down, of course, because most people are grown-ups who can deal with swearing. And then they said, on the last night, we're going to have an extra show, um, which is going to be a late show where you can swear all you want. And, of course, it was packed for the late show because old people, they're fucking filthy, aren't they? What OK, this one's from uh, Ian. Uh, he's basically making this point that was sort of made earlier in the show and by several people is that given how vegan produce... <laughs> this is a, a, how much has been left on the shelf... I know. I feel bad for vegan producers. Like it's a, it's just a bit sobering, isn't it? Like because you kind of we got to this point where we thought that Britain was becoming increasingly vegan, and we've kind of gone, nah, <laughs> no, we ain't. A lot of things we're buying um, totally involve animals, milk, meat, and pasta, eggs, right? Yeah. Um, so is is now the time to go vegan? I think I think eventually, you know, I might might try one of those little. Uh, chicken I mean it's just like it's like the, the vegan Greg sausage roll isn't it I gave it a try do you know what I mean it's like it's like a, <laughs> it's like a lot of people's relationship with their sexuality you, you give the other thing a go and you're saying to me Jeff now are you are you admitting to us that you have been with another man I haven't and you know in a way I wish that I'd sort of had that compulsion because it would seem natural wouldn't it across a lifetime that even if you had unbroken years of heterosexuality that just once something would have happened but you know what a lot of my my, I was going to say, my social circle are gay friends. And I know with my listeners, you'll be going, oh, circle. But um, they are. And I've been in many situations where, where it could have happened. And it just, it just hasn't happened. You know, and now, now, now we're all self-isolating. You know, maybe, maybe if we all die, I, I'll regret that. 
I regret that. Um, what is weird at the moment is obviously a lot of the environmentalists are cock a hoop about this because obviously it proves them right about everything. You know, forgetting the implications of the economy shutting down for a long term, you know, there's dolphins back in Venice or something, and that means this is good because what is really odd about a lot of vegans is I find that a lot of them are atheists, but they also weirdly do this thing where they characterise Mother Nature as like a singular reproachful matriarch. <laughs> you go, that's just, that's just like believing in a God. You know, maybe this is Mother Nature uh, slapping us down for all the flights we're taking. No, because that's not how any of this works. Mother Nature is not some coherent... For You know, this could have happened at any time, man. At any time since we've had, you know... Proliferated air travel, yeah, it happened now. Maybe it was spread quicker, but I do believe any time going back 20, 30 years, this could have, this could have happened. So if Mother Nature was reproachful, she's she's really sat on this one for a while, hasn't she? Maybe that is in keeping with her mum, isn't it? Just sitting there feeling neglected, getting pissed off with everybody. Eventually, going, well, you know what? No one in this house appreciates me. Here you go, little virus. I'll give you something to cry about. Uh, this one is a dilemma. A dilemma sent from me. It's from Paul in York. Oh man, this is. Would you rather sleep with your cousin, with your cousin, and no one will ever find out, or not sleep with them, but everyone thinks you did? And that is kind of sick mind. You're like that's even worse than some of these conspiracy theories. That is just such an awful predic predicament. Obviously. I mean, I'm going to take, because obviously I have cousins, so I don't want them thinking I'm talking about them. I'm going to take this as a pejorative sense, your cousin, as in, if, you know, a cousin of yours that you have. Um, everyone thinks you, everyone thinks you did. I mean, like, oh my God, I think you'd have to, I think you'd have to do it. That's awful, isn't it? You would, because what's the, what's the point? What's the point? If everyone's going to think that you did it, oh my God. Fuck you for... Oh yeah, I'm going to take a swear on that one. For I've, I've got enough on my plate at the moment. I don't need to be thinking about some kind of weird incest cousin baby. Damn you, Paul. I know, I know it's the kind of thing you people in York and the surrounding towns get up to, but how dare you bring that filth onto my podcast. Uh, hello, Jeff. It's Pricey the Welsh Scouser. Scouser. Uh, he's glad to hear that I'm increasing the podcast output. Uh, you'll be our Vera Lynn for the duration. Yeah. We'll meet again. Um, I might say, I might do a little Vera Lynn song for the end. Let's see if I can think of something. So of all the places you visited in your life, which is your favourite? And is there a place that you'd love to visit? Uh, of all the places, there's a place in Ibiza that doesn't really, well, I mean, it's probably not going to be open this year, but it was called Bora Bora, which was like, there's loads of great clubs in Ibiza. And I don't know if any of the listeners also like house music, techno and trance and stuff. But um I feel like a lot of people just hit unsubscribe there. What fucking... I thought I knew this geezer. Um, but there's a place called Bora Bora where it's like free, you know, to the public. And they just play... Used to play music all day long from about midday to about 10pm. And you could... It was just... It was really cool because you could go around to local offie. And you know Ibiza's has got this, well, reputation in some quarters for being quite glamorous and expensive. You could go around to local offie and you could buy like a litre of... San Miguel for like two euros. You could just stand on the beach, and it was it was fantastic. It was a really great place to be. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the clubs in Ibiza if they reopen with social distancing. <laughs> you know, Dead Mouse. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that DJ who has that like kind of uh, mouse head on him. Everyone's going to be wearing a Dead Mouse head. 
Uh, you know, you just have to watch where you put in your hands where you do big fish, little fish. Um, and is there a place you would love to visit? I'd love to go to New York. I've never been there. It's, embar- it's not embarrassing. It's just annoying because, you know, I'm a big fan of American culture, despite that being an unfashionable thing to say. So I'd love to go there. Do you know what I mean? I'd just love to see one of those yellow taxis. I'd like to do all the worst things. I'd like to order eggs like uh, they order their eggs, like definitively. Hey, I want my eggs. Over easy. Keep the coffee coming. Keep the coffee. Just keep it coming. I'm a New Yorker. Eh? I got to stay angry. Um, so yeah, those are those. I hope those answered. There, 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 there. Next one is with all the schools and exams being cancelled. As a former teacher, what's your view on this? This is from Danielle, age seventeen, Cardiff. Uh, well, Danielle, I mean, obviously, I sort of spoke earlier about the uh, the implications of trying to do it by predicted grades. I mean, the other thing is right. Teachers would have been banking on this from way back when like do you remember when your teachers there was even the merest hint of a snow day right do you remember then teachers would fan the flames of it they just become like kids they i think that's terrible like some of them hate their jobs so much like just they kind of let the kids know that like it's i would never have told the kids that i wanted the day off because you're like oh hopefully we'll be going home because brackets i hate you lot i hate this job um, but yeah, they would they would have been banking on it. Some of them, I bet you any money, some of the teachers would have stopped planning ahead as well. Just they would have taken it as read that it was going to happen. But look, my 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 point is, I you know the government have done this because the numbers suggest it. Fair enough. It would be a real shame if this was an actual strategy that could have worked that's been interrupted by people screaming about it. Um, but yeah, as a former teacher, it's it's going to be tricky because like a lot of teachers say, we've got contingency plans in place, we've got schemes of work. Jesus Christ, you ever, as a teacher, you ever step out of a classroom for like 10 minutes and say, right, can we all carry on working independently while I'm out of the classroom? <laughs> that's no fun. There's like two kids, right? The two absolute boffins at the front. All the rest of them just like immediately, like you almost, I remember when I used to leave the classroom, I could hear the sound of chairs being literally kicked back because they're just like, right, relax, take five. So I think it's wildly optimistic, especially with exams being cancelled, right? What is the incentive to do work from home? So I think I think um, yeah I think I think it's an interesting one. So I called you Danielle. I just realised your name is Daniel. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that it's just too long for kids to be inactive. And then obviously this is what the teacher and professional do is if if there is like uh, a context in which we could all reemerge normally in about May, teachers are going to go well. You know, obviously <laughs> they'll try and come up with some argument as to why we need to why we need to uh, long it out till September. And some of them be like. Because uh, I've kind of already booked a week in Vietnam. <laughs> uh, look, sorry, I'm a bit cynical about teachers just because I used to be one. And there's some brilliant teachers, but they love a moan, don't they? Hey, they love a moan. Okay, uh, another letter. Hi, Jeff. COVID-19 uh, is going to isolate an array of MPs. Much of TV recording will be cancelled. Channel 5 has stopped producing Big Brother. Um, had that not already happened? Maybe they were going to bring it back. Maybe, yeah, I mean, look, you know, maybe Mother Nature did some good there. But um, do you think there's scope for a show watching Diane Abbott, Jeremy Corbyn, Christopher Chope and David Davis go stir crazy together? Uh, if so, you could audition for the voiceover. I'm sure it could be phoned in. I mean, I, mate, you've seen my career. I phone in a lot of stuff. And by that, I mean, I just don't put in the effort. But um, yeah, dear 14 in the big brother politician's house. Diane has come to the dairy room because she's done the weekly shopping and 
it all adds up. There you go, misdirection. You thought I was going to do a Diane Abbott can't add up gag. She, she sort of can't, but I, I always like subverting expectations. Jeremy has come to the day room and he wants to take issue. <laughs> That's what Corbyn would do, wouldn't it? He would find it, even if he was in total isolation from the world, he would still want to raise the, the Palestinian issue, wouldn't he, with Big Brother? Yes, um, Big Brother. I just uh, want to raise uh, an issue here of the continued export to Israeli businesses. And they'll be like, uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy, you failed the task, mate. Yes, I may have failed the task, but I won the argument. Okay, that is pretty much it. I mean, I always say that is pretty much it, but it is it, is it for this week's additional What Most People Think in Lockdown Sexy wartime mode and i am gonna uh, read out as ever so if you could leave me a five star podcast there's always a good chance that i'm gonna read it out we had a few uh recently so i'm just basically fluffing here while i try and find uh the what most recent ones were uh so ratings and reviews ah oh, bastard oh there hasn't been any new ones oh right so this was we had the um this uh, So we had last week, there was somebody who was claiming that I was an invented character and he seems to have responded. I haven't read this, so I'm kind of going uh, off off the cuff here. Uh, this is from Dickie, who basically thought I was like a Titania McGrath doing a character. So he says, as pleased as I was to be mentioned by Jeff this week, he misunderstood my angle. Let me make it plain. This is a great podcast and I don't think I've ever been accused of being in the liberal or any other intelligentsia before. Um, so he, he sort of requotes his own... He sort of requotes his own <laughs> original review and then gives me another five-star podcast. Look, I am happy for this to carry on, my friend. I didn't realise you could give me two five-star podcasts. Now I know how some podcasts are getting their numbers up. But listen, man, look, as I said, whatever level you enjoy on, I'm cool with that. Um, this is a, a review from Nonna Star. Is Nonna, are you an Italian nana? Nonna Star. What a refreshing change. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm doing the Dolmio voice. I don't give a shit. If they can get away with a, 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 a xenophobic representation of an accent, then I can too. Listen to this podcast. If you want to hear what the, the mainstream media should be reflected more, but don't. As the humour and opinions of the greater part of the audience. Base. Oh, I read this one last week. Oh, well, that, well that's, uh, that's sobering. So, <laughs> yeah, well, there's one new review, and it was from... <laughs> The person who left one the other week. What a uh, a bombshell, bombshell to finish. <laughs> a shit show. That's why I said bombshell. Uh, to finish the show up. But look, if you're new to this, please like, subscribe, rate, recommend. I'm going to be trying to keep, you know, because I know that there's people who want their comedy from a slightly different angle. So I'm going to try and keep more of that coming. And, you know, we'll end with a song, which is We'll meet again. Don't know where, don't know when, but it'll probably be in Tesco's fighting over Andrex Rose. Keep smiling through Costa's shut their seats in. Blue.